bodies set this process in motion regardless if it's a dangerous situation or you're experiencing anxiety, whether you're caught in traffic or maybe having a difficult conversation. Basically, it's like a light switch. It's either fully on or fully off. And when you think about throughout the day how many dozens of stressors that you can be confronted with, you are continually activating this response over time. And honestly, that starts to take a toll on your body. You have decreased energy levels. You find that you have less clarity around what you want and or need to do. The brain fog, it builds up. You find that you're less productive and you're less efficient in what you're trying to do. I'm Don Laughlin, certified health coach and fellow RA warrior. It wasn't all that long ago that I was in this place where I was fearful of the uncertainty of my future, wondering when my next flare would come or wondering when the pain would let up. Fast forward through many trials, errors, and lessons learned, and you'll find a gal who is stronger, healthier, and more confident in her future than ever before. Yes, I still have RA, but RA doesn't have me. I believe our lifestyle, food choices, and mindset greatly impact the way our bodies handle rheumatoid arthritis. I created the Thrive with RA podcast to explore the science-based ways to realign your health through these three pillars and so much more. We'll be navigating both the messy and the blessings that come from living a life with RA. Each week, you'll get a good dose of education, inspiration, encouragement, and hope as you take small steps to improve your health and overall life. If you've been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis or are still trying to figure out if the symptoms you're feeling are indeed rheumatoid arthritis, you are in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Thrive with RA. I am so glad that you are here with me today. To kick off this episode, I thought I would share with you a little story from back in the day. Many years ago, I was trying to do all the things, being a wife, raising kids, taking care of the house, working part-time as a graphic designer, running a little stationary business off on the side. I got to tell you, looking back, I clearly see that I was operating from a place of little sleep and full steam ahead. In fact, I often made the statement that sleep was overrated, and friend, that couldn't be farther from the truth. It wasn't until I was having some routine blood work done that my general practitioner discovered I had super high cortisol levels. He sent me over to see an endocrinologist who ran all the tests, and he found that everything was within what he considered normal ranges. So I left there with zero advice and or understanding of what set the alarm off in the first place. And to be honest, since he wasn't concerned, I found myself no longer concerned as well. Basically, I found that I was back to being busy and didn't think twice about it. Now I look back and see that clearly that was a major red flag for me. My inflammation levels were chronically high. Now that might have you thinking, okay, well, what does that have to do with stress? Well, cortisol is a hormone that plays a major role in the body's stress response. I think to understand this better, it helps to break down what happens during the stress response in your body. But before I do that, I want to say that first and foremost, stress is a very normal part of our day-to-day lives. You probably already know that. I don't have to tell you that. It also can and is a beneficial thing for us. So it's not all bad. The body was created to both experience it and handle it. And when you think about all of our day-to-day lives and the many stressful situations that we can find ourselves in, we've got work deadlines, unpaid bills, maybe you're starting a new job, or worse yet, you're fearing losing a job. 
Some of us have aging parents. We move across the country. There's plannings of weddings going on, having babies, graduating college, all the things that create stressful situation in our lives. When our body enters into this mode of stress, it creates a synchronized flow of physiological changes. In fact, there are over 1,400 biochemical events that take place in your body whenever it becomes stressed. Those numbers blow my mind because we just think that we're stressed and there is so much happening in the background that is taking place in our body that it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. But let's dive in and understand where the stress response operates from. To do that, we have to look at a bigger picture, and and we have what's called an autonomic nervous system. It regulates your involuntary body functions, your heart rate, your breathing rate, your blood pressure, your digestion. And within that autonomic nervous system, there are three branches, but for this podcast, I'm only going to discuss two of them. One's called the sympathetic nervous system, which you might have heard of called the fight or flight response. And then there's a parasympathetic nervous system, which is the digest and rest response. That response helps bring a state of equilibrium after a stressful event has happened. And I'm going to talk about that more here in a minute. But I first want to look more deeply at the sympathetic nervous system and what happens with that. When it's activated, your fight or flight response kicks in and, and it really serves as a mechanism of sorts, a, a survival mechanism of sorts. It allows you to either fight the threat that you are facing in the moment or help you run to safety. Physiologically, you have hormones that cortisol and adrenaline that are released in the body. That's increasing your heart rate and your breathing rate, sending lots of blood and oxygen over to your muscles that helps them tense up so they can react and you start to sweat. Now, on the opposite of that and the converse side of that, you have um, things that in hormonal systems that are actually deactivated. Your immune system, digestion, reproduction hormones, and growth hormones are all temporarily halted because in that moment, your body sees them as non-essential. It's trying to, rep- it's trying to bring all the necessary resources to the most important things in that moment. Once the threat subsides, your body relies on the parasympathetic nervous system to to kick in. And so that rest and digest mode kicks in and helps bring your cortisol levels back down to a normal level. It's amazing to me to see and learn how our bodies are created to handle stress. But here's the problem. Bodies set this process in motion regardless if it's a dangerous situation or you're experiencing anxiety whether you're caught in traffic or maybe having a difficult conversation, basically it's like a light switch. It's either fully on or fully off. And when you think about throughout the day, how many dozens of stressors that you can be confronted with, you are continually activating this response over time. And honestly, that starts to take a toll on your body. You have decreased energy levels. You find that you have less clarity around what you want and or need to do. The brain fog, it builds up. You find that you're less productive and you're less efficient in what you're trying to do. It affects your heart function, upsets your digestive system, and starts to mess with your sugar levels. So now the big question is, is how does stress impact your rheumatoid arthritis? If you've been following me for any amount of time, you know I'm all about what science has to say. So I dug in and what I found was that research shows a strong connection exists between stress and RA, that stress makes flares worse. When you have ongoing stress, your muscles are increasingly being tensed. And when they are tensed, that can affect your joint pain. Additionally, it's also creating a a pro-inflammatory state to an already overreactive immune system. 
So in other words, it's amplifying your immune system's inflammatory response, potentially increasing the destruction that's taking place. Research also shows that there's a strong correlation between an RA diagnosis following stressful events. Many people will tell you that that's when they were diagnosed after a big stressful event took place in their life. There's also strong evidence that individuals that experience childhood trauma or post-traumatic stress disorder have a higher risk for developing RA and or other autoimmune diseases. There also seems to be a connection with higher stress levels and a less optimistic outlook on your life with RA. So the bottom line, friends, is that the two do not go together. If stress isn't managed, it can become a vicious cycle. The stress response is contributing to the physiological effects happening in your body, while at the same time, your symptoms are adding to the stress. It's almost like a catch-22, knowing that you need sleep, but the pain is keeping you up. You know you need to exercise, but because of your lack of sleep, you're too tired to move. You also know that not exercising is increasing your pain. Then there's the feelings of uncertainty and lack of hope for the future that can really add to your stress levels, not to mention the increasing costs of managing RA that can add and increase your stress. Additionally, some individuals with RA just find that they're more sensitive to stress. So now we know what stress is, how our body responds to stressors, how do we manage it? First and foremost, friend, do not wait until you have a free day because it's not going to happen. Make a point every day to de-stress. When possible, help your body to reset by handling the stress in the moment or at different points throughout the day. One of my absolute favorite ways to do this is called relaxing breath. It's also known as 478 breathing. It's a super effective way to fire up your parasympathetic nervous system to help quickly reduce stress response and help your body reset. It's involved, what's involved with it is that you're going to breathe in for four seconds through the nose, holding your breath for seven seconds, and then exhaling through your mouth completely for eight seconds. You do this while you're seated in a chair with your feet flat on the floor, but you're comfortable. It is a powerful way to truly sort of get the parasympathetic nervous system fired up and to help bring your stress levels down. The next tip is to set boundaries. Know your limits. Avoid situations that can add to your stress. Now, you have to find what that looks like for you and which situations are the ones that you need to avoid. If you, for example, if you know that going to your in-laws for more than three days does you in, then keep your visits to three days. Enjoy it, but know when, when you've hit your limit and, and, and honor that for yourself. Another tip is to prioritize sleep. Getting seven to nine hours of sleep each night can do wonders for your body on so many levels. Big things happen to your body when you sleep. Another tip is to move your body every day. You already know that I'm a big believer of that because I live it and I know the power that it brings. Daily, gentle, low-impact exercise that will help you get your heart rate up, helps flush the inflammation while also boosting your mood and decreasing anxiety and depression. Now, another tip that I love that a lot of us push to the wayside because we are mamas. A lot of us are mamas that listen to this and you, you know that you're there taking care of everyone else. But even guys, a lot of times we just don't think about taking care of ourselves, doing stuff that we enjoy. We, we check off our boxes and do what we need to do, but we don't do the things that we enjoy. Something like soaking in a luxurious bath or reading a book 
How about going and getting massaged? Those are some fabulous self-care activities that you can do that will help bring stress levels down. The important thing is you find what works for you. Now, another tip is meditation and prayer, breath and focus through meditation or spiritual connection and focus through prayer. I know for me personally, that alone is so helpful in driving down my stress. Another powerful thing that you can do is to really open up and share your feelings with a close confidant, someone that you know who will listen, not judge, and offer compassion to where you are in that moment. You're not looking for someone who wants to give you answers. You just need someone that's going to listen. And if you don't have that readily in your circle, the next tip, go talk to a therapist. There is nothing wrong. It is all winning when you go talk to someone that can help you be an objective partner in your in your situation to help you work through things, work through relationship issues, work through um, anxiety issues, things that you know bring you stress, talking to a therapist can help you break that down and get it to a point where it does not bring you stress anymore. So there you have it, friends, the things that will help you manage your stress and really start to understand more about what causes stress and how it impacts your body. When you take action every day, in the moment, or at least throughout the day, you will have a much better handle over your stress so that you can truly start to get a handle of your inflammation and find more balance in your life. I am so glad that you have been here with me today to learn more about stress because it is something that is not going away. We have it in our everyday lives times a thousand. (laughs) We have to learn how to live with it and manage it. It's so, so important. And I'm thrilled that you were here with me. All right, friends, I'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Take care. Friends, that's it for today's episode. If you're ready to take a first step toward improving your energy and reducing inflammation, be sure to grab my free RA pain reducing and energizing smoothie guide. You can do that by clicking the link found below in the show notes. Well, until next time, RA Thrivers, keep taking those small steps that lead to big impacts on your health.